So it's welcome to Alex B. Sheridan. Pleasure to be here. Now, if you don't know him and you're not aware of his LinkedIn profile, Alex, for people that haven't met you before or seen you on social media, what's your expertise? So we help companies build trust and attract their dream clients through video content. That's the one-liner. That's the, that's the simplest way to put it. So we help companies develop the strategy and then we help them execute in a lot of ways with video editing and content management and direction and that kind of stuff. And so you come to us, you maybe have a strategy that's not working right now, or maybe you don't have one at all. And you want to start building trust and winning customers on places like LinkedIn and TikTok and YouTube through video. You come to us and by the time you're, you know, through working with us, you've got the plan, you've got the strategy, you're putting out the content and, you know, over time you're winning customers. So you've got a really fantastic sort of startup story because you've you've sort of blown onto the landscape of uh, video production and video marketing from a kind of left field. So I just wanted for the pe for people that haven't heard your story coming into it, you weren't doing this a little while ago and then you were. You sort of took a very sort of proactive decision. Do you want to talk us through how that happened? Yeah, I have a confession to make. I didn't come from marketing. I was 10 years as a B2B sales rep. The last six years I spent in corporate. So I'd go into a, new, a newer territory or an underdeveloped territory, and I would help build it up to a contest high-performing territory. I learned a lot about how customers think and what they care about. The reason I got into video and LinkedIn and marketing is because I was going to start my own sales consulting company. This is back in 2019. And I was like, you know, I think this LinkedIn thing's going to be bigger. I think it was a clear, obvious thing to me that this is the direction the world is going. And so I started posting content on LinkedIn about sales and leadership. And I was like, I'm going to try to attract customers because I was so tired of cold calling, man. The, the close rates are lower. The sales processes are longer. And all of that gets slashed when you create content. So I started putting out content in 2019 and I quickly realized something that it was kind of an aha moment for me where customers started to come to me and they started to send me DMs. Hey, I saw your video on X, Y, and Z. I think our company should be starting to do more of that. Right. And the light bulb was like, bing, it just went off in my mind because I was like, man, this isn't the future. I, if I could start doing this and I could slowly start attracting my customers to me because I'm building so much trust and credibility with them, that's when I kind of pivoted the business and I was like, I'm not doing sales consulting. I'm going to help companies grow their revenue and, and win customers and build a brand through video content, through their LinkedIn presence. Do you think that your background in being able to communicate, understand and listen to people started you in this sort of process as you moved into video production and video marketing? You're incredibly confident. You've got a really good screen presence. So I wondered how you developed that. Yeah, I think that comes from being in sales for 10 years and like presenting a ton of times to customers sitting down at a table at a big big company or an organization where there's 10 other people and you're having to really work the room like what do they really need and what are their goals and desires and where do they want to go and how can i help them get them there and how can i get them to smile and laugh and edutain them a little bit what's interesting as i look at my sales career it's actually a great question you're bringing up because i really just took what i did in real life and then the edutainment piece and building relationships and trust and I just brought that from in person, kept doing it in person, but then I brought it on video. The edutainment, I'm really glad you brought that up because one of the inspiring parts of your productions, using your hands, you've got really good kinetic typography and uh, motion graphics that you use. How did you, how did you first get that sort of inspiration for that really fantastic style you've got? The edutainment evolved over time, right? And when I say edutainment, I mean, that's, this is a cross between educating your target customers or audience. And then also, as you do that, you're entertaining them. The evolution for, for us was in the beginning, I was doing a lot of skit videos, rap battles, that kind of stuff. Now, it's cool and it's entertain edutaining, but the issue with that that I found was I would get leads, but then how do I pass that down to my customers? 
how do I like, they're not, I'm not going to teach them how to rap. Like most people aren't going to do that. And, and let's be honest, most people aren't going to act and maybe pull it off really well. As I evolved, I said, I got to start thinking about what are the other ways that you can edutain. So I started getting outside and filming different videos. All right, hold up my hands and we would do something with creative with the editing. And I started thinking to myself like, Hey, this is something that everyone could do. This is something that we could actually teach customers how to do. And they would be doing edutainment in a way without having to do rap battles and acting and that kind of stuff. And so we started thinking about what are the different ways? Can you tell stories in unique ways? Can you add in unique editing that makes it more fun to watch? And then I kind of brought it like, how do we bring in mainstream? How do we make edutainment for everyone? So uh, one of the challenges um, that you'll be uh, fully aware of is that people have this feeling that making video content can be really, really time consuming. It takes up a lot of preparation. Now, you make so much video content. You must have a fantastic team working for you, and you really um, pump out good quality content as well. So I wondered, do you batch produce your content, and how do you keep the content, the variety there? What's your secret for, for getting such a large volume, to be honest? So if you want to create a ton of video content in as little time as possible, then you do it in two ways. One, you do things like we're doing right now, which most people don't realize as this gets posted in the feed, people think I'm creating this from scratch. I am not. And this is a live conversation that's happening, right? But what I'll do is I'll take this and then you repurpose this into eight to 10, maybe even sometimes 12 different video clips. So think about the why behind why that's so important. Busy business owners, executives, founders, we're all like, our time is so precious, right? And it is. We want to spend it with loved ones. We want to maximize our time in our business and with our team and growing our business. So if that's the case, why would I not take this 30 minute or 45 minute session, which is a valuable time for me. And if I turn it into eight to 10 to 12 clips and those clips get posted on LinkedIn and TikTok and YouTube shorts, and they get seen by a hundred thousand people and I win one customer or two customers, is that not worth 30 or 45 minutes of the time? Yeah, absolutely is. That's a, that's a hell of an ROI and any business owner would, would be out of their mind not to take that. Yet so many people aren't doing it. The second way is yes, to your point, you batch record content. And I still believe in that because as great as repurposing is, and if you can really pull it off where it looks like it's not repurposed, that's money. So if you can sit down and in your notes app or in your project management tool, or you're using chat GPT now, there's a ton of different tools you can use, right? You can automate things. Either way, you've got a system or a process where content ideas funnel in, ideally from customer conversations, prospect conversations, discovery calls things you see from other creators, you notice about your industry, they're coming in all over the place. You've got to be able to funnel those ideas in. And then basically what I do from a, a tactical standpoint is every idea that I want to record something from has a hook, meaning it's the first line. And then I just jot down a couple bullet points. And then if there's any type of ending or call to action, I'll add that in there. So when I go, go to record the videos, it's not like I'm starting with just a random idea and like, all right, how do I turn this into a video? It's going to be kind of tough, right? No, I'm coming in with a hook and I'm coming in with a couple bullet points. So I'll just say the hook and then I can go into bullet point. Got it. This is the reason number one, bullet point number two. This is reason number two, bullet point number three. This is reason number three. And then I'll end the video and then I'll send those videos to editing. A lot of our stuff is automated now where I'll yeah. drop it in a G drive and then it gets sent This is through Zapier automation. It gets sent to the Trello board. It creates a card with the link in there. Editor easily finds it, edits the video, sends it back. When it's done, I then take that video. I, I just move the card in Trello and then it automatically moves that file and G drive to my archive folder and to my edited ready to be scheduled videos. So if you do that, you can see how it wouldn't take an ungodly amount of time to do it. 
and you've got a large volume, I can tell that, um, that you have a real focus on quality with your content because practically not a month goes by when something different turns up in one of your videos. What I want to ask you was, now you've got these processes in place and you're doing batch production, you've got clients that you're obviously onboarding, you're getting successful, um, you're getting more of them making videos themselves. How do you overcome the problem where you're starting with somebody who's from like a cold start, who's maybe not done any videos? So what do you do? How much do you coach them? How do you draw them out to be the characters they are? I'm thinking very specifically of an example I've got that one of your customers, he's in the built space. Yeah, Andrew Brown. Yes, and he's he's like he he looks like he's got super confident on his video already. I'm guessing was he or did you coach him? So for all your customers, how do you coach them into it? If you're looking to get more confident with video, there's only really two ways that you can do it. And one would be you have to if you can consume information or or knowledge about how to make better videos, and you've got some confidence coming into it. Similar to if you're going to make cold calls, it would help to have a strategy or a script or something that you felt like I know what I'm doing coming into this. So I'm like more I'm more ready for it, right? even though you're never going to be 100% ready. The other thing is you just got to put in the reps. So as I'm coaching somebody, it's like part mentality and mindset, and then it's part tactical and strategic, right? So like mm -hmm. the mindset is like them understanding that you have a lot to share. You have valuable, you know, messages and stories and advice that you can share that will impact others. And here's why we're creating content in the first place, because your customers are seeking you know, knowledge and, and you're wanting to build trust with them and you're wanting to attract them to you and convert them to a customer, you know, making sure that they really understand what they're doing, why they're doing it and who they're doing it for and who they want to become as a result. There, there is some mindset there. And there's that de there's definitely, to be honest, as you know, this won't be a shocker. There's a lot of insecurities, even with successful business people that have built multi-million dollar companies and in some cases, billion dollar companies. Yeah. There's a lot of people that have done amazing things, but when it comes to getting on camera, they've got insecurities or ego gets in the way. So it's my job as kind of the coach or consultant to, to understand where this person is at and where they want to go. And then I kind of got to help them get there. Right. So again, that's kind of mindset conversations. And then you go to the tactical things, which we provide a ton of training and guidance mm -hmm. on how do you make a great video, right? How do you make a video that doesn't suck? And so there's a frameworks, right? And some of it's what we talked about, like the hook and then the kind of key points and then, you know, call to action. That's an example of one. So I think working them through the mindset piece and then giving them the tactical and strategic things along the way that would give them more confidence. And then from there, it's just putting in the reps. I was going to ask you a little bit now about the process of uh, making content in different scenarios for your clients, because tech has improved and you've yourself, you know, capitalized on the last two years where people have upgraded their cams, they have upgraded their viewing services, and we've got more live applications and apps to use. I wondered, how do you manage your tech stack within video production? Because you've got great processes in place. How do you, how do you keep ahead with all the different apps and how things are developing? Well, first of all, let me tackle this one first. So I think the DSLR camera, the digital camera is dying. I think it's going to die. And here's why. And and there's still great cameras out there. Don't get so some people are gonna come out and be like, oh, the cameras are great. You just gotta get the I know they're great. What I'm saying is that the smartphones are getting so much better at a fast rate, realistically. Nowadays, all you actually need is a smartphone. If you're gonna go if you're an ultra professional videographer, I get it. But for most content creators and B2B companies, the smartphone does a fantastic job and it's only gonna get tremendously better. The smartphones and iPhone, for example. They're so customer focused. Look how easy it is to make a video. And then I I literally airdrop it to my MacBook. Do you know how difficult things are on some of these cameras? It's like from the 80s. They haven't adjusted. Yeah. They haven't evolved. 
Yeah. And so it's like a camera literally looks as exact same as it did 20 years ago. You got to have the chip in there. And then, you, you know, it's like, and I know there's newer features now, but I just don't think they really innovated like they should have. And I think the smartphones are going to kind of put them on a business to a certain extent. There was some still be a need for the digital camera. So that's the first part. I just wanted to mention that because I think it's really important because some people are thinking about buying a thousand dollar camera or even a $500 camera. And I think if you're starting off, yeah, I, I would just use your smartphone. If you got a great camera on there. In terms of the tech stack, man, I'm not going to lie. It, it just, it, it's continuing to add up, especially when you got AI services and then you're going to automate things. And you, so you need Zapier, you need this, you need Trello, you need, there's just a lot of things that are kind of coming on our plate. And even with editing now, we're adding in AI editing, right? So some of the things that used to take us two hours previously are now taking 20 minutes because of AI, like rotoscoping the backgrounds out and things like that. So we want to take advantage of these tools, but I think it comes down to what tools do you really need and what's the ROI that you're going to get from using the tools because there's a lot of options right. so you got to kind of get focused on like what do we really need right now that's going to help improve us and our customer experience and results and let's try and focus on those there's a there's a real argument for people especially from the sort of camera person background that i come from where they obsess about the extreme quality and 4k and 6k but the truth is that i mean what's your feeling do you think that most people are watching your content as video marketers on their phones so we shouldn't be obsessing about 6k cameras What's your, if you want to upgrade, perfect. And I think in some applications for like a YouTube video, you know, longer form where it's like ultra crisp and it's really well produced. I do think that matters. Like that is, that is great. Production does matter. If it's a shitty video with, with blur, it's blurry and the sound sucks and the editing sucks. That's going to impact your performance. Right. So there's no doubt about it. That production value absolutely matters. What I'm trying to convince people is like people that are just starting off or companies that are implementing a newer strategy, which is most people they are a year and under in their content creation journey or maybe a couple of years and under and they're not a they're not a professional videographer or photographer then the smartphone is great it's perfect and in fact if you look at all the content right now it's on linkedin tiktok youtube shorts all this stuff most of it is recorded by a smartphone and, and people are using their smartphones to look at content so it's not it's, i wouldn't overthink that part i would rather spend time saying let's do the smartphone let's get great hd or 4k quality from the smartphone let's make great quality videos the messaging is great and let's do some cool stuff with the editing like right. that's what that's what i would suggest i got a real sense when you moved outside on some of your linkedin videos you, you did one particular video when you talked about people saying look you know you don't need to start making video now you can wait to start making video and everybody else will start making their video and you just won't and that's okay if you don't want to do it that was a fantastic motivational video because it kind of like gave a sense of FOMO fear of missing out and I was like gee whiz Alex is right we just I just got to do more videos so it's quite inspiring I wondered what have you found of the messages that you've given out from your own marketing material that most inspires to get people filming and then getting into the edit with you? What do you think is most resonate with people? So I don't know if there's one type of video that most, you know, that gets people fired up to start recording videos because it just depends on where people are at on kind of their journey. And I'll give you an example. Like there are some videos, cause I, I would break content down in kind of three different buckets. One type of content is the why content, which is why video is so important in the first place. Customer success stories, sharing the ROI of the solutions that you provide because if you don't go there and all i do is do video tips and tricks and strategy there may be someone watching being like yeah it's cool man but why would i record video i have a comp i have a software company so i need to explain like this is why you should be making videos if you're a software company 
and I need to back it up, right? And there's plenty of results and case studies and customer success stories to do that. And we share those. We just shared one yesterday, right? The Andrew, Andrew Brown one. I need to go there sometimes. And then other times I need to do the how-to because they already understand the why. They're like, yeah, I get it, Alex. You don't got to tell me twice. Video makes sense. Duh. I mean, most people should be getting closer to that now. It's like, do I really got to explain why LinkedIn and social media and video is important to your business? But if I do, I'll still show you because maybe you're halfway sold and I'll get you 100%. But I got to then go to the how content. So how to. Here's right. a video strategy. Here's how. Here's what you need to make videos. Here's how you get started. Here's how you overcome your fear of posting. And then the, the third category, which would kind of tie these together, would be kind of the, I would say like the relationship building type content, right? So maybe I'm sharing a personal story. Maybe I'm just doing an edutainment skit video where I'm really letting my self, my personality and the human side of me come through because I think that element is important too. So I would say, you know, your original question was, is there a certain type of video content that, that really convinces or motivates people to go make videos? It's just going to be in one of those three buckets. There's a lot of uh, credibility issues that people have when they look at video marketers and say, you know, how successful is their work? You know, should I buy into what they're doing? And you've had really incredible success across platforms now. So LinkedIn, your rap battle, um, I'm, am I correct? It got featured in LinkedIn News at one point. Yeah, we've, we've had quite a few videos get featured in LinkedIn News. To back that up, you've now got the confidence and that you are talking through the problems that your customers are encountering and using them as case studies. So I was really interested in in how your customers felt about you sort of talking about that um, in your case studies. Well, I think if you're, you know, if you're posting content on social media, you have to have customer success stories. I think that's one of the most important pieces of a content strategy in terms of the type of content that you're going to post. It You have to have customer success stories in there because that is the proof. That is the ROI, right? And so if you look at a lot of social media gurus or a lot of video gurus, I always look at like, if you're going to hire somebody before you hire somebody, what are their testimonials? What are the recommendations on LinkedIn? Do they have them? Are they frequent? Are they from, you know, two years ago? Or are they from two months ago? You know, and it should be both ideally if you've been doing it a while. But to me, there's a lot of people that talk about their own success all the time, their own impressions, their own, you know, followers on LinkedIn. And that's fine. But what I want to see is have you done it from somebody else in a completely different industry that does software or that sells tools? or that sells consulting services. Yeah. To me, that's impressive. So when you create those customer success stories and video testimonials are the best, but you can do picture, you can do text posts, recommendations, get it all. But what that does is it convinces and shows other people that it's possible. And it shows that you're you're someone that can help them get them there because you did it, right? The yes. proof is right there, it's, it's the proof points. It also generates more referrals because people now, if you're posting about it, see from their network, they're starting to see their posts, wow, so-and-so like did this on LinkedIn and Alex helped guide them. I should work with Alex, right? People recommend you. And I, I think like, you know, if you think about just video testimonials, text testimonials, like it is just the, and you'd want to put that stuff on your website too, right? So you want that content to live. So if you go to our website, you're going to see video testimonials. You're going to see the recommendations from LinkedIn. Yeah, there's a lot of them, isn't there? You've got some. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and, and, and like, let's be honest, we've had customers that it didn't work out. You know, that, that it just wasn't, there wasn't alignment wasn't there or there was something off. And so it's not like you have a hundred percent success, mm -hmm. but just like we would review on Amazon or we would go to a website and look at, you know, what, what are, how many stars do they have? And what are people saying? What's the feedback? We want to know. That's the social proof. With your success on LinkedIn, you're transferring across your skills at making videos that engage people 
onto TikTok and I'm seeing you like literally cracking, you know, the digits off on uh, TikTok. What made you feel like you were ready to jump to another platform and sort of engage? Because it's a lot to take on for a single presenter going across. Great production behind you, but what was the inspiration? Okay, so if you look at like two, three years ago, four years ago, vertical starts to hit the scene and it's mostly TikTok at this point. There may be some other things, but um, I think Musical.ly and then TikTok bought Musical.ly, I believe it was. But if you think about it, that was three years ago. A lot of people were writing TikTok off. Oh, it's for kids. It's for dancing teens, you know, that kind of stuff. But then what happened is that the demographics started to change and it started getting a little bit older and more adults got on there and more businesses got on there. And it's not like it is today, but it started growing and started getting a lot of traction and a lot of momentum and a lot of buzz. And a lot of big figures started talking about TikTok and where how it was going to become bigger. And so more people started getting on the platform and it had a great organic reach, obviously, because it was still in its infancy stages, just like LinkedIn, still kind of there now to a certain extent. Then what happened was really interesting that Instagram Reels, YouTube Shorts, LinkedIn all of a sudden now is going, you know, heavy vertical with a lot of creators posting vertical style videos. That was not the case two years ago. Absolutely not. Right. So if you watch what happened, Facebook, Instagram, largest social media platform, YouTube, the largest video search engine tool in the world. When they start saying, we need to get this this short form vertical video style down, we need to create an entire avenue for this, which is a big move for a platform to make for you for YouTube to like adjust to like shorts. Like that's a big time move. So when they do something like that, I was starting to see these signals to say, this isn't something we can ignore. This is something that I have to figure out for myself and my team, but also for our customers. Because I, you know, two years ago, I'm thinking at some point, everyone's going to be doing vertical short form video and it's just going to be on every every platform. So do you think your customers appreciate the fact that you're you're sort of really a man that walks the walk because you go, I mean, you've trialed um, different styles, different techniques on LinkedIn and you've gone across to TikTok and you, you know, you're putting your money where your mouth is. You're literally doing the video, doing the ground. And um, what sort of feedback do you get from clients? Because they must be inspired. I don't know if you've ever got a client to do a rap battle or anything like that. Might be coming soon. I would say like, I'm the guinea pig for my customers in terms right. of the video video content. that we, So like, I have to be because I have to live it. I have to, how am I going to know how TikTok works or what would work there versus LinkedIn versus YouTube Shorts versus Instagram Reels if I've never done any of it? So I think when you're partnering with somebody, that's another good criteria to look at. Do they actually live it? Mm. Do they do they walk the walk? If they're telling you short form is so important, but then they post one video a week on one platform and it doesn't perform, do they really understand the value of short form videos? Because that doesn't signal to me that they do. So for me, I was like, I got to figure this out and I'll be the guinea pig and I'll make all the mistakes and I'll, I'll make all the failures and I'll learn all these lessons. And then what I'll do is I'll pass that on to my customers as a massive value. So instead of them coming to me now saying, I want to figure out TikTok, I feel like my customers are starting to be there. It's a bigger platform now where businesses are on there. Cool. If I didn't figure it out, I'd say, maybe this would work. I don't know. You know, like let's, or maybe I have to refer you to someone else. Now I can say, hey, I have over 13,000 followers there. And, you know, I've had several videos do very well. And I've won probably 10 plus clients from TikTok over the last several months. So yeah, I kind of know the deal there, right? I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm the greatest expert of all time on TikTok at this point, but I would say I know enough to help someone win customers, build trust, create great videos. You know, definitely, obviously on LinkedIn, I've been doing a lot longer there, but you have to have this experience. And if you don't haven't have walked the walk and actually lived it, it's hard to go there with people. You just don't have that, that experience. So you're saying the benchmark quite high for other filmmakers. And I've seen um, certainly here in the UK and in parts of Europe, people trying to copy your style how do you view that i mean like uh, copycats are kind of like plagiarizing your success but is it a compliment what's your feeling on people that really go for the 
versical Alex style. I don't really like, I, I don't really give it much thought, to be honest. I mean, it, occasionally I'll see something and I don't get mad about it. I don't, it doesn't really make me feel any way. I'm just kind of like, hey, they're testing and trying different things. And maybe they think this is a, a style that is going to work. It does work if you do it right. I, I don't give it a lot of thought. I mean, I think it's 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 flattering when people want to be like you and assert they want to copy a style or they want to emulate you. That That's cool. That's cool. But I, I just, I the only thing I focus on ever is what is happening with the platforms? What is changing? How is content being consumed there? What are the, how are things evolving with just content in general in terms of how people are consuming it? What content's working? What content's not working? And then I'm constantly testing and trying new things. So as soon as chat GPT comes out, I'm like, how do we use that? in the video process to create video prompts to create video scripts to create video titles for, for youtube or for this or maybe a tiktok video because i have to figure this out there may be people that are like copying my style but by the time they get to here i'm already here because mm. i'm i'm not focused on looking at somebody else and trying to copy theirs i'm looking at what are the customers doing and what is the audience doing and what are the platforms doing so it's interesting you talked about uh, chat gpt and the use of ai is there anything that you feel like might be lost in the the creative process because Unleashing your creative is like one of the bywords for your brand. And you're obviously really good at encouraging people to get creative. Is there anything that you feel like AI might take away from the creative process or some, do you think things might suffer? Well, I think if you're using AI as a creative crutch or you're using it as, as the tool to generate all your creativity, then I think you're going to miss the mark, right? So you have to use AI as what it's intended to be at this point in time, which is a tool. And tools help us do our jobs better. They help us do our jobs more efficiently. They help us come up with maybe some ideas that we just didn't think of in that moment in time. So I think if you use ChatGPT and AI tools in that way, they're really helpful. So, and I think more and more as these tools start progressing, you're going to learn that the people who are really getting the most out of them are putting in good creative inputs to get good outputs so if you put in crap if you're like write me a video script about x y and z and it's like there's, there's no, not much information there's no insights there's no structure it's probably not going to be good write me a linkedin post about this it's probably not gonna be good but if you said hey write me a linkedin post about x y and z from the vantage point of me talking about a customer who doesn't understand this or from a business owner that's struggling with this and use the story brand framework you know where there's a he, there's a, a hero a villain a guide or something like that, right? Or create a create a script where there's a hook, a uh, uh, you know, three bullet points, and then a clear call to action that's going to be used for TikTok, right? So you got to kind of put in good information and creativity in the first place to get out good stuff on the back end. Um, I meant to ask you then, because um, we're rounding towards the end of the the podcast. Um, is there dream clients that you want to work with? Um, that haven't sort of come to work with you yet. Is there, what's the client that you really aspire to in sort of B2B video world? I wouldn't say there's like necessarily a company, but I would say that we're really looking for, you know, in the beginning, it's like you're working with small to medium-sized companies because they're the ones that are nimble and they're quick to move. And a lot of times the owners, founders, things like that are a little bit more in the weeds. And they'll say, this makes sense. Let's do it. And they can start making videos the next day or the next week. Where these bigger companies now, I'm starting to make my way into them. And I've had some customers from billion dollar companies. It's just, a, it's a longer process, right? They're slower to move. They're bigger. There's more compliance. There's more red tape. There's more decision makers. There's more departments. And so, but if I look at like the dream customers, some of them are some of these bigger companies that I know. And the reason I say the bigger companies, because I know that if they got serious about it, the impact that it would have because they are larger. Like I came from a multi-billion dollar company with thousands of sales reps, thousands of account, account managers, thousands of recruiters. And I'm like, man, if they all 
implemented a, a personal brand and then a content strategy for the company, like imagine what this thing would be. It would be insane. They'd have an, they wouldn't have an audience of you. They'd have an army <laughs> and it would just be ridiculous. And would everyone do that? And then, you know, they'd have, they'd hire content leaders where there would be departments and a content leader would be someone that had experience with content video and they would help lead the creators yeah. and to be, be, to become more successful at creating content that converts and builds trust and all that type of stuff. So I, I do think all that's coming and that's part of the reason we're trying to position ourselves and have always tried to position ourselves as pioneers in the video space and on LinkedIn specifically even because we want to be the ones that can help these companies get to where they want to go when they do decide that, hey, it's time to make the change. Because it's not a if, it's a when at this point. And so these bigger companies, I'm starting to see it now and I've been starting to see it the last year or so, these bigger companies are taking notice and it's no longer something you can ignore because the opportunity cost is just way too high. And even if you think about talent coming into a company, how used to, to being on social media they are, yeah. how used to consuming video content are they? And then they come to a company where there's opportunities, but then there's no social media presence or there's no content leader or department or resources or studio that they can record in. There's, there's nothing. Yeah. And so it's like, and, and in fact, they're scared to post because they don't even know if their leaders would want them to post on LinkedIn. They might yeah. think they're looking for a job. So there's all these challenges right now. And then opportunities on the back end that I think will, we hope to be a part of, and I think we will be a part of as time goes on. That's interesting. That's a really great point you've raised there because uh, on some of the HR discussions I've seen around video, people are talking about content creator managers. And I feel like that's sort of like a role that you've got as a, as a, an outsourcing solution for companies straight away. So are you sort of, you solve that problem. I wondered, do you feel like if there is a recession or if there's any doldrums that video is going to be affected by that? Um, and if not, why? If we go into a deep recession or depression, God forbid, the video content would be even more important. Because what do people do during recessions and downtimes and economic downturns or pandemics? They consume more content. That's what the research shows us. We consumed way more content because people are uh, either working from home or they're unemployed or there's you know, changes in positions. There are things happening where people now, and if there's an economic downturn or pandemic, people are spending, maybe they're spending less money Maybe they're not buying the house or the jacuzzi or they're taking the fancy vacation for three weeks, but they are still on their phone because it doesn't cost them anything to go like this on LinkedIn or TikTok or Instagram Reels or YouTube or whatever it might be. So people are actually going to consume more content. So I would say that if something happens like that, we continue, you know, we've had the banking things. We've had a lot of things in the last you know couple of weeks, even video content is going to be even more important if something like, or when something like that happens. And I think the reality is like, there's just no bad time to build a brand. Like there's no bad time to do it. You're, you're, you're going to cut videos, not going anywhere. Social media is not going anywhere. And there's going to be more consumers on the platforms during downtimes anyways, because more people are just, it's free to consume and they're sitting at home. That's why if you look at what happened during the pandemic, what happened with Netflix, Amazon prime video, uh, Disney plus Hulu, all these, they went like this because more people were consuming. They were at home, right? They wanted to be entertained. I also think during those downtimes, what do people want also? To be entertained, to be edutained because things are a little bit tough. It's a little bit challenging. So it's not just the educational stuff. It's how do we edutain? How do we entertain? How do we get people to smile and laugh? Yeah. How do we create a video that's a story that makes people feel emotionally, you know, something, it pulls on their soul, on their heartstrings. 
that kind of content becomes even more important as well. As we come towards the end of the podcast, if you were to give video marketers a little push in their B2B business, uh, give them three insights that would help them move towards getting video brought into their company or at least um, the video proposition expanded, what are those three sort of nuggets that you would give them? Those people that want to get someone like Alex B. Sheridan in, they know they need video or they want to expand on their video offering. What's the three nudges that you think would help them convince? So here's a couple of things that come to my mind. One, when you're talking to leadership, you can't just, this is something I've learned, you can't just talk about, oh, video, video is important and more people are on video now and the rise of TikTok and the videos on LinkedIn. You can't speak in that language. You have to talk about ROI. You have to show case studies and proof points. You have to show research data because some people are analytical. Some people want the emotional story. Some people want to see the exact ROI. And even though you can't, it's not like to the day you're going to be able to prove out an exact ROI of what it's going to be for a company, you can get within timetables, right? So you need to have those conversations and prove out why you think what they're doing now is not working. Look at the, you know, the corporate articles that they're posting or the generic fluffy content that they're posting or the me, 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 me. Look at our company. Look at our award. Look at our announcement. Look at this. You got to kind of show them this is why that's not working. And this is the opportunity cost. This is the the price that we're paying in revenue, in talent, and whatever it is by continuing to put out bad content that doesn't serve our audience. I'm so tired of like companies are just so me, 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 me. And it's like, you got to think audience, you got to give, you have to give every single post what's in it for them, not you. Not how you're going to generate a lead from it. Oh, I want them to come to my event. So here's 20 seconds and then come to my event. No one's coming to your event. Instead, deliver a minute or a minute half of something so valuable that they go, whoa, what was that? I've never even thought about it that way. Oh, and they got an event next week. You better believe I'm signing up. That's the game. And then you got to be able to prove out why you think video would work. So that, that's the first thing. You got to speak in their language if you're going to try to get shit done on a leadership level. Mm-hmm. The second thing is those marketers need to become practitioners. They need right. to do the work. <laughs> like it's it's hard to talk about it when they go look at John's you know account and he posts once on LinkedIn and it gets five likes. And then John's going to leadership being like, content's so important. It's like, really? Then why are you doing it? So I mean, <laughs> you got to be a practitioner for that reason, but also because you'll learn. That's how you learn. Like we talked about earlier, you need to be posting videos on TikTok. Yeah. You need to be posting videos and text posts and picture posts on LinkedIn. You need to dabble in some long form or maybe start a podcast for the company. But you got to start doing this. You got to start putting in the actual work. And then what's great is you're going to start generating opportunities. And that just goes towards the first half, which is building the stu- building the actual ROI case for it. Go ahead. So I think those would be the two things that I would, I think if they've just, fo- that's a lot. Right. So like that's, those are two things that like, if they just went there, like yeah, you'd be in great shape. Thank you so much for coming on to this podcast with me. I feel like the audience have learned a lot about um, how they can position um, themselves to get video pushed through in their businesses. Um, I, I just want to say, if anybody wants to look at Alex's uh, LinkedIn profile, he is literally at the cutting edge of video marketing on LinkedIn, and his TikTok profile is just blowing up. So it's a great inspiration. If uh, people want to come and engage you for your work, uh, Alex, where do they need to look? Well, you definitely get send me a message. I mean, I would say our, our website, impacts.com, has probably all the information that you would need. It answers common questions. There's a video of me on there. There's customer testimonials. Our pricing's on there. I'm also introducing for anyone listening right now that's like maybe they're not on the company side and they wouldn't they wouldn't go for the offerings that we have that are geared towards B2B companies because maybe it's out of their budget or whatnot. I, I'm also in the process, and this will be done probably in the next 30 days, 
of creating a digital course. So virtual oh, course, wow. that's going to be Great. really, really, really well done. It's not going to be like a, you know, I'm putting some effort and time and commitment into this. I really want to do it right. And then I'm also doing a done with you service too, where it's, it, you're going to get access to all the course stuff, but then there will be some actual guidance for me. And, and then the third offer is the done with the done for you. And that's, that's more on the company side. That's the pricing on the website. So we've got kind of three core offerings, the done, do it yourself, do it with you or done for you. So, uh, that's on the, that'll be on the website too. Um, but just the done for you stuff's on there now. Reach out to me on LinkedIn, TikTok. LinkedIn's the best place probably to send me a message, connect with me there. Um, but you can always book a call if you're ready to talk on the website too. And you've got a great a great intro video, which I think is great at screening your clients. So if you have any doubts that uh, if you think Alex is going to be useful for you, please just check out his videos. He's great on video. He's great to have as a guest. Alex B. Sheridan, one of the wizards of video marketing. Thank you very much. Thank you, brother.